Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. Today I want to talk to you about your home, God's outpost. How many, uh, how many folk do we have here today that served in the military? Would you just raise a hand? And uh, could we just thank the Lord for all the veterans who are in the house today? Quite a few in the first service as well. So if you entered military service, you would be, spent to tra- you would be sent to training camp, and then you would be sent to a military base somewhere in the world. If it was me, uh, I would request Pearl Harbor. Come on, somebody. How do you know there's still a Pearl Harbor in Hawaii? Turn to your neighbor and say, send me to Hawaii. All right. And if you ended up in a military base, which you would, it's very possible, particularly if you were in an area of conflict, that you would be sent from the large base to a smaller base or outpost nearer the conflict where you would then engage in conflict. All right? Can I compare today Eastern Assembly to a military base? This is base station where you've come to get filled up, trained, so we can send you out to your outpost. And where is your outpost? And let's catch up on answers here. Today you are at base camp training to be sent out. And by the way, can I just pause for a moment? If you have not yet shared the message, would you go to Eastern site on Facebook page and just hit share? Um, That is a simple way to get this message out to a whole bunch more people. Welcome to those of you who are online. All right, so you're at base camp training to be sent out. Where are we sending you? Here it is. Your home is supposed to be Jesus' outpost station. Here's our scripture text for this morning. Matthew 5, 14 and 16. If you don't get it, you will by the end of the message. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Say, in the house. So you're the light of the world. Notice where the light first has to shine. It has to shine in your house. Now notice the next verse. In the same way, let your light shine before men. So notice it starts in your house and then it goes where? Out before men or mankind that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So let's talk about that for a moment, the starting point. Before the light can shine, outside of your house and into your neighborhood, then light needs to be shining in your home. So if I were a fly on the wall, or in this season, a cicada on your wall, and listen, if you don't have cicadas at your house, come visit the pastor and take a few home for lunch, all right? I mean, we, I swept them off yesterday, and there had to be at least 100 out there this morning when I left my house, all right? How many of you are cicada-free? How many of you are overloaded like myself? All right, we got all all kinds of folk. Probably if you have a very mature tree in your yard, that seems to be where they're hanging out, all right, where they're coming out. Amen. So if I were a cicada on the wall in your home, just turn that down if you would, please. All right. What would I see and what would I experience? Is your home a place of peace and rest, or is your home full of chaos and unrest? 
When you talk to your home being a place of outreach to your neighborhood, you are talking about spreading what you have going on in your home to the whole neighborhood. What got quiet? So is what's going on in your home worth spreading? Now, I know, listen, I know I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old in the house. We all have our moments. Come on, somebody. Our, Our moment is when we've worked hard to get the house straightened out, and we sit down to relax, and the moment we're done relaxing, it's no longer in order. Come on, somebody. Never ends, all right? Uh, um, you know, wherever they go, they, 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 they leave a mess. So I understand that. But, but how many of you know, listen, how many of you believe God can give us grace to navigate through the seasons of our life so that even in our homes, there's peace? I, I lived in, about 20 years ago when I lived in Essex. This is a story of what you don't want your house to look like. Um, I, had a, I had next door neighbors. They were a, a, a couple, um, and, and she had told him, they, they, they were not married, they were just a boyfriend and girlfriend, and she had a couple of teenage girls in the house. And uh, she, she had told him um, that he had, a, he had a drinking issue, and she had said, don't come home drunk, I'm not gonna let you in the house. Whenevably on Saturday night, about two in the morning, he'd come home drunk, and I didn't wake up when he knocked on the door, but I would wake up when he would start screaming, Mary, Mary, let me in the house. And that would go on for about 15 minutes. Inevitably, she kept her pledge. She wouldn't let him in the house. He'd get mad. He'd get in his car, back out of the driveway, and hit something. If it wasn't the mailbox, it was the fence. And inevitably, I'd come home from church the next day, and he'd be out there fixing the mailbox, fixing the fence. Come on. How many of you know you can get your neighborhood's attention, but it's not always in a good way? You understand? Don't let that be your house, all right? I know every home has its moments, but our goal should be, as followers of Jesus, that the light that's shining in the house would look more and more like him. Come on, somebody. Somebody says, well, pastor, my home is my castle. I don't take any disrespect in my castle. In my castle, I'm the king. Oh, can I help you for a moment? Say, go ahead, Pastor. There's only one king, and he doesn't have your name. Come on, somebody. And if you're really the king of your castle, why is there so much chaos in the house? Come on, somebody. God, you're not the king of your castle. Uh, the truth is, God calls all of us to serve our families in our homes. Amen? How many of you are serious about following Jesus? I believe you are. Your first assignment starts in your home. And it sounds easy until you realize, listen, whatever personal chaos you carry as an individual will result in chaos in your house. Boy, that was quiet. Okay? Now, it's easy to blame the chaos in your house to the other person, but just remember, when you point that way, you got how many coming back your way? All right, the problem in today's world is two people killed with, filled with internal turmoil that hasn't been resolved marry each other thinking all's gonna be well and then that chaos bumps into each other and explosion. That is why base station, where's base station? Yeah, this is, no, base station is here. That's your outpost, all right? You're in base station. That's why base station, where you are today, why we've, this has gotta be a place 
of healing, a place where you can come with the junk and watch Jesus transform chaos into glory and into peace. Come on, somebody. How many of you know Jesus not only died for your physical afflictions, he not only died for your sin, but he took upon himself all that you've been through in life so that you can have peace. Come on, somebody. And listen, I don't care how much chaos has trailed your family line leading down to you. When you gave your heart to Jesus, you became part of a new family with a new father. And he is the prince of peace. And he wants to breathe that peace into whatever you have gone through in life so that you can walk into your home. Because listen, in the same way, whatever chaos you carry enters your home. Whatever peace you carry also enters your home. I heard one over there. Come on. Whatever peace you have inside of you because Jesus has brought healing to you, that also enters your home when you enter your home. I'm talking about your home being God's outpost, but the light first has to shine in the home and then to other people outside of the home. Are you listening this morning? Let's catch up on some answers here. At Base Station, that's where you're sitting right now, we work on wholeness. Amen? Yeah, if chaos has been following your family line, I believe it can stop with you. Through Jesus, the chaos can be broken. Here's the scripture. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Many of you know this guy on the screen. Who is that? That's my good friend, Nate. Nate and Corey will be with us the end of July. Um, If you don't know Nate's story, um, Nate, I know Nate well. Nate is from my home church. I taught him in junior high Sunday school. Nate was the all-American Christian young man. Lettered in, in, in football, wrestling, straight A student, headed up the Christian group at his high school on fire for God. But what none of us knew I mean, his mom brought him faithfully to church, didn't really know much about dad. What I didn't know, his dad was a Vietnam vet who took his PTSD out on his son, Nate. And outwardly, Nate was good. But inwardly, Nate was broken. And Nate went through a process where God put him back together. Now he heads up a ministry called The Safe Place with with just a heart to help anybody who has internal chaos find freedom in Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. How many of you know what God did for Nate? God can do for you because he's no respecter of persons. Come on, somebody. Amen. Stop blaming others. Be honest and let Jesus make you whole. Somebody said, well, Pastor, my, my home is a refuge. It's where I can relax. Thank God for that. You should be able to relax in your home. But if your home is only a place of refuge, then you hole up there, and it's hard to let your light shine outside if you only see your home as a place of refuge. Now listen, I I, I love to go home. I look forward to seeing every face in my family, including this one. This is my little shih tzu gitsu with uh, the traditional uh, overbite shih tzu-like uh, bite, if you will. Um, I, believe, I believe you should enjoy going home. If you don't, we need to find out why, okay? But as much as my home is a refuge, it is also an outpost. In other words, I'm not just there to recuperate and rejuvenate. 
God has strategically placed me in the neighborhood that I am so that my light can shine to my neighbor. How many of you have some neighbors that don't know Jesus? Come on, somebody. All right? The rest of you live around all saved people. I only saw about 12 hands. Come on, somebody. Okay? You, you are where you are with a purpose so that God can help you let your light shine. Amen? Listen, we, we moved in. We moved in our home. Um, so I, I lived in Essex for, for quite a number of years. When I began to date Rachel and we began to talk about marriage, because my grown children were older, I said, I don't think it's good. It's going to be a wise move to introduce a new mom into their home. So, so they basically rented uh, um, that house, and we bought a house here in Dundalk. So we've lived there about nine years. And from the time we moved in, there was a house about seven houses down that was trouble. A lot of drug activity. You, it, was just, it was just not good. And so, you know, what do you do? You kind of endure. Finally, there, actually, there was a murder in the house. It was really bad. And uh, um, the house eventually got sold. And I noticed that some contractors had bought the house. So I, I was going for a walk one day. You know, a, go, a, good, a good way to get acquainted with your neighborhood is just walk your neighborhood. Just get to know who's there. And so um, I, I just felt led. I walked in, and I introduced myself, and I, and I told them, I said, this house has been nothing but trouble. I said, uh, someone was even murdered here. The lady's face got really long. She said, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. <laughs> Nonetheless, I said, I'd really like the opportunity to pray in this house at some point and just pray, just pray the curse off this thing and just pray God's blessing on this house. I couldn't do it that moment because I, I had a commitment. And, and they said, sure. So I came out about a week later. They were there. And she said, you know, we did a little research. She said, it happened down in the room in the basement. I said, well, that's where I'm going. So I went in that room and I, I, I prayed. Uh, I, I was down there for a little while, but the brux of it was, Lord, uh, whatever junk's been attracted to this house because of stuff that's going on here in Jesus' name, I'm declaring this to be a new day. I'm asking you to bring a solid family to this, Lord, that our neighborhood can uh, cannot have to put up with this kind of stuff. Come on. Hey, you know, if you live, live next to a drug dealer, that's not the best situation in the world, right? Can you believe that a family bought that house? There's peace in our neighborhood. That's no longer a trouble house anymore. But listen, if you're the light of your neighborhood, that also gives you some authority from God to pray over those houses for sale, to pray over those neighbors. How you've ever prayed, Lord, save them or get them out of here? That's an okay prayer to pray, you know what I'm saying? Um, but until you recognize there's a light on your house that God wants to spread, you probably won't take that authority, all right? Truth is, church, listen, Eastern Assembly has outposts all over this area. And we will be as effective as a church as our outposts are being effective in touching their neighborhoods. We just come to church and see who's going to get saved. Glory to God. Well, you know, you, know, you, know who, you know who that puts the responsibility on? The Bible says I'm supposed to equip you for the work of the Lord. So I'm saying to the soldiers in the house, in Jesus' name, go to your outposts, fight diligently, and watch what God does. Come on, somebody. Amen? All right, let me make this very practical. At your outposts, number one, are you even friendly to your neighbors? Do you talk to them? I'm glad, Virginia. Amen. Listen. Remember when Jesus was at the well in Samaria and uh, uh, a Samaritan woman came? Now, do you understand, this Samaritan woman would have never started a conversation with Jesus. Just moral taboos would have, permitted that, would have prohibited that. So Jesus starts the conversation. 
Will you give me a drink? Do, do you start some conversations with your neighbors? I mean, how can you, you know, I'm not asking you to your new neighbor to go up and preach him a sermon. How about just saying, hi, I'm Bob. Nice to have you in the neighborhood. That's a good starting point, right? You know, what do you know about your neighbors? How do you get to know stuff about your neighbors? You ask questions. Where do you work? How many children do you have? How long have you lived here? Those are good questions. Uh, my next door neighbor, Sean, works at McCormick, and I've, I've enjoyed uh, getting to know how those spice machines work. And I had a little fun with him when the pandemic hit, and I said, Sean, are you still working? He said, yeah, spices are considered, uh, um, what's the word? They're con- essential. And I kind of smiled a little, but then I thought about it. Listen, listen, I thought about it a little. Uh, um, I don't know about you, but I don't like a burger with that stuff from McCormick on there right there. You know, I'm like... Yeah, those spices are McCormick. I don't want our essential. I don't want that to end, you know. So, so you, you, you get to know your neighbors. And, and, and I found this about our community. We do not live in a community where everybody owns 10 acres and they don't want you near their 10 acres. Come on. Whether you have a row home, whether you live in a row home, whether you live in, in an individual house, you still got neighbors in relative closeness to where you are. And I have found just from walking our neighborhood that most people will engage in a conversation of some sort. Most people, if you say hello, will say hello back. So understanding the dynamics of our neighborhood, outreach looks good if the soldiers are doing their job. Amen? Matthew 22 says this. Love your neighbor as, help me. Yeah, so you're just simply being as kind to your neighbors as you'd want them to be to you or as God has been to you. Now, I mentioned this, but let's make it a point. At your outpost, do you pray for your neighbors? Go for a walk and just pray. Lord, bless them. Save them. Work in my neighborhood. Pray for a home near you when it goes up for sale. Don't just pray that you'd have Christians move in there, but that the people God wants to be there. Maybe they're the ones you need to reach. Amen. James 5.16 says this. The prayer of a righteous man is, help me, powerful. You think it's powerful and effective in your neighborhood? Certainly it is. How about this one? Thirdly, do you take care of your property? Now, this is practical Christianity. Listen, if your home is the eyesore of the community, you're going to lose influence in your ability. They're going to say, well, if they don't, you know, if they can't be trusted with their house, why should I trust them with my soul? I'm not saying your house has to be the gleaming, spotless home of the neighborhood. Uh, my goodness, a couple years ago, I decided I was going to, uh, it wasn't real expensive. I don't have a very big yard. I was going to pay for the summer for a service where they come by and, and, and spray your yard. I just had pictures of having this immaculate yard, and, and I'm like, this would be great. Well, after the first spray, it killed all their weeds. There wasn't nothing left. I'm like, I'm like, this isn't going to work. And uh, now I'm just happy if it's green, even if there's a few uh, yellow dandelions and white other things there as well. But, uh, um, you know, you kind of know what your neighbors expect. Just look, at the, just look at their yards. Look at their homes. Right? Yeah, it's, just, it's just practical Christianity. Um, I believe, listen, I believe if God gives it to you, you ought to take care of it. I believe this even when I rented. I believe this statement, that if God couldn't trust me to take care of someone else's home that I was renting, why would he trust me with a home of my own? That's biblical. If you can't be trusted with that which is little, why would he trust you with even more? Amen? 
And again, I, I, you don't have to take this to the extreme. I'm, I'm not saying that uh, your house always has to be spotless. If you have kids, that's impossible. Come on, somebody. But, but you understand, you, you, just, you just want it. You don't want your house to be a distraction in your ability to shine your night on your neighborhood. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Hey, there's some, sometimes my, my lawn goes a number of days over when it should have been cut just because I'm busy here at the church. And that's okay. Sometimes there are things more important than doing the dishes. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to say to yourself, hey, is my home a distraction from letting my light shine in the neighborhood? And if so, what could I do to change that? Amen? All right. Ultimately, you don't want your house to look like this, all right? And I hope, I got that off the internet. I hope that wasn't a picture of your backyard that I accidentally downloaded, all right? Amen. All right, lastly, lastly, do you share Jesus with your neighbors? Ultimately, listen, ultimately, if you are having conversations with your neighbors, if you are praying for your neighbors, I believe ultimately there will come opportunities to invite. How many of you have neighbors that have kids of age that might be interested in watching the movie Tangled? All right, if so, take some invites. It's a very simple way. And just say, hey, our, our church is doing something family-friendly. Why don't you come and join us on Friday? That would be an easy step. I believe that... As time goes on, God is going to give you opportunities. There's going to be opportunities to invite, to testify, to share toward your neighbors. How many you know if you were the chaplain of a nursing home, if, if, if we hired you to be the chaplain of a nursing home, you would take personal responsibility to get to know the residents and minister to them? Listen, you're the chaplain at the outpost. You're home in your neighborhood. Please take that seriously. Amen? About a year ago, and I've told this story. You may remember it for somebody new. About a year ago, um, I got a knock on my door at 2 a.m. Now, I don't know about you, but I typically don't open the door when someone knocks at 2 a.m. That's probably not a good move in our neighborhood, all right? Um, luckily, I have a ring camera, and uh, so I was able to look on my phone and realize that it was my next-door neighbor. Now, living next door was a, an older couple, Bill Sr. and his wife, and their son, Bill Jr., also lived there. So I looked on my camera. I, I saw a figure. I said, who is this? He says, it's Bill, your neighbor. I felt comfortable. I opened the door. He said, my dad is dying, and he wants his last rites, and I don't think a Catholic priest is going to come out at 2 in the morning. Would you come? Get to know your neighbors. They'll come opportunities, Right? So I went over at 2 in the morning with his family standing around him, presented the gospel, and Bill Sr., who had any time we tried to say anything about the Lord or church, he just, ah, ah. But that night, with eternity drawing near, he prayed with me to accept Jesus as his personal Savior. And listen, not only did I get to share the gospel with him, but his family was all ears. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, but, but it's not going to happen unless you say, Lord, I am willing. The light has shined in me. I, I know Jesus. Let it shine in my house and let it shine out of my house into the neighborhood. Is anybody listening here this morning? Come on, somebody. Listen, for someone here today or someone listening online, the first step for you is not declaring your home to be an outpost station. 
The first step for you is opening your heart and letting the light shine in. The light can't shine out till it first shines in. So, so, so just, just stick with me for just a moment. You say, well, well, I'm okay, pastor. No, no, you're not okay. Let me tell you why. Because sin separates people from God. And if I said to anybody listening today, have you ever sinned? Of course, the answer is going to be yes. Sin becomes a, a barrier. And how many of you know our sin account doesn't decrease over time? It, yeah, it increases till it becomes a huge barrier. And let me tell you, there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to remove that barrier. There's only one answer, and that is Jesus Christ died on a cross so that that barrier could be erased. He took upon himself that sin barrier so that when you receive him as yourself, that wall is broken down, your sins are forgiven, and if you will, he joins your hand to the Father. And then you can say, I come to the Father over and over and over and over again. Because once you're joined, then you're joined. Come on, somebody. Amen. The Bible says this. Listen. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. Say no one. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now look at the screen. You might be saved. You will be saved. And I believe if you are here today or listening online and you are not absolutely certain that things are right between you and God. Well, you say, well, pastor, I'm not perfect. I mess up, so do I. But yet, yet when you're walking with God, there's the understanding that when I come to God every day in prayer and, and he brings up those things and I say, forgive me, I'm still in the right relationship. We're not talking about being perfect. We're talking about just knowing that knowing that you're walking with God, that your sins have been forgiven. Come on, somebody. That you've received the gift of eternal life. So in just a moment, I'm going to give opportunity for somebody in here, somebody watching to take that first step. And then after that, I'm going to ask you, would you be willing? Maybe you've already done this. Maybe, maybe this is the old hat. You say, Pastor, I know my house is an outpost station and I do all the things you ask. Praise God. But would you rededicate your home? Or maybe for the first time, your attitude's been more my home's my refuge. Thank God for that. But today we're going to take a step beyond that. My home, God's outpost. You say, well, Pastor, when I moved into my home, I I blessed my home. Well, who did you bless it for? You blessed it for you. Now it's time to say, Lord, let that blessing spill out. Come on, somebody. Everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. Those of you who are online, please stick with me. If you are here today or you're listening online and you are not certain that your sins have been forgiven and that things are right between you and God. You, you can't point to a time when you've been born again or if you can, if you're honest about yourself, you've wandered from that. And I believe God has brought you here today or caused you to turn on that television or to be listening online to bring you to this moment because he loves you so much that he says today is the day of salvation. And he is wanting this day to bring you into right relationship with him. And if you say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I'm the one who's in need of opening the door of my heart or making a rededication to Jesus. I want you just to lift up your hand right now. I don't ask you to do this to embarrass you, but it's just important that you respond 
to, to, the, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit who's in this house today. It's knocking on your heart's door. And he's asking one thing. He's saying, can I come in? Thank you, Jesus. Looking around, up in the balcony, at home. If you're home and you're in need of this, it's as simple as opening the door of your heart and saying, Jesus, forgive me, God. I know that I've sinned. Wash me clean. Become my Savior and Lord. Do it, Lord, for your glory. Now listen, if you are here today, willing to to recognize I want the light in me to shine in my home and out of my home into my neighborhood. I want you to stand right now. Would you do that? Come on. Just as a way of saying, God, I want my home to be your outpost. My name might be on uh, the record or the deed, but Lord, that house belongs to you. And God, I want the Spirit of God to work through me to make a difference in my neighborhood. Now listen, I believe there's something to be said about moving at an altar call. And if you're willing, would you come to out of your seat and just come to this altar? Come on, come on, just do it. If for safety reasons you feel better in your seat, that's okay. But I know some of you are okay. Come on. Come on. There's just something about getting out of your seat and just saying, God, I mean business with this. I want you to use me, God, in my neighborhood. I want to, I want to make a difference in my home. And whether here at the altar or standing at your seats, would you just lift up your hands? And say, God, would you help me to make a difference in my neighborhood? God, forgive me if I've, if I've complained more than I've been a blessing. Help me to love on my neighbors like you loved on me, God. Help me to be as kind to them as you've been to me when I was lost and out there. Help me to reach out maybe even to that hard neighbor. God, Lord, I commission. God, these are your kids who've you strategically placed in their neighborhood for such a time as this. Use them for your glory, God. Give them opportunities. Help them to see opportunities. That we might welcome more and more people to base station because of what you're doing at our outpost stations. For your glory, Lord. Now, would you not be in a hurry this morning? Come on, we're going to have a little worship. Just let the Spirit of God work in you. Today's Pentecost Sunday. What better way to celebrate Pentecost than to get filled up so you can get sent out and make a difference.